Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, welcome back. Uh, very much looking forward to this next conversation. It's with a friend of mine, Frank, joins me in studio right now. Uh, yesterday, Frank and I were shooting the breeze after the program, getting ready for today's show. And, you know, as you kick around ideas and you shoot the breeze around the water cooler, uh, some interesting things come up, including uh, one effort uh, by, <laughs> by someone who identifies as Dr. B. Dr. B uh, ha- has a plan to connect those desirous of getting the vaccine, those who want to get vaccinated with uh, places, either, you know, health departments or pharmacies or wherever uh, vaccines might be available that have come out of the freezer. Right. So they got to be used real quick. But then what happens if, uh, you know, patients don't make up, make it to their scheduled appointment or uh, something happens where uh, like the clock is ticking and this vaccine needs to get into someone's arm. And, uh, you know, in, in the spirit of not wasting it. You do everything possible to find some arm uh, to to inject it into, even if that uh, sets aside the the eligibility uh, eligibility categories. So there's an effort. There's an I guess an app or something. Frank will describe it to us. Frank, first off, how you doing? Thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you. Thanks for inviting me on. So what we what we learn yesterday about this uh, about this effort? How does it work? So apparently, what people do, and actually, I went through this just to test it out. What people do is they'll go to this website, the Dr. B's website, and uh, fill out all sorts of information. Now, some of this information is very personal. Um, so obviously, there's the, the, the obvious things like your name and your phone number so that they can text you, uh, your zip code so that they know what's close by to you. Sure. But then they also want some stuff that uh, is medical information. Huh. Um, and they do that because obviously there are some qualifying factors for getting the vaccine. And so... There are things that they want to know if you'll be qualified for it, if you have like a comorbidity or something like that, right? Um, so they do collect that type of information about you as well um, and, and address and, and some other personal information. Uh, once they've collected that from you, you get a text from them that tells you you are uh, now one of over, in my case, it was one million four hundred thousand blah 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 number right yeah, people yeah. who had signed up for this now that doesn't mean that i'm way back in that line but what it does mean is for the people in my area um i am now in line so whatever position i am in line for the people in my area if a vaccine becomes available they start working through that list starting at the top now let's be let's be clear this is not something that's available here so as we continue talking through this this isn't this isn't something that's going to connect folks with vaccines here in utah is that correct not yet. And okay. that's the thing. In, in fact, it's almost not available anywhere. <laughs> um, okay. Technically, the company only has contracts with people in New York State and Arkansas. 
Um, but they have gotten people to sign up from all 50 states, and they have their their from their webpage kind of the about them and all the people that they have helping them build this out is a powerhouse of of uh, individuals, and so they there's there's a strong belief that they will be able to start working things out in multiple states very quickly. And this is this is for those and tell me if I if I characterize this correctly that at the end of the day there can be uh doses that came out of the deep freeze or whatever cooling system is required for the uh the respective vaccine and there's not an arm there to to inject it into this 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 mobilizes you very quickly. That's correct. So um you know, as you mentioned, once the vaccine is thought, it has to be used. Well, the estimates are between 20 and 30 percent of people who make appointments to get the vaccine. So they say, OK, we're going to thaw the vaccine so it'll be ready for those people. 20 to 30 percent of people just don't show or cancel their appointment. Yeah. So um, they will text you and you have to respond within 15 minutes and say, I'm on my way. I'm going to go get that vaccine. Otherwise, they move on to the next person. You uh, yesterday, as we were chatting about this, you pointed out some circumstances that might arise to that that would lead to uh, a no show or a canceled appointment, uh, and that's like mom who might not know exactly how to mom or dad or grandpa or grandma doesn't know exactly how to navigate the the website to schedule an appointment, and every single one of their children or grandchildren goes ahead and schedules something. That's right. In fact, we have a family friend who, in this case, her kids wanted her to get it and she didn't want to get it. And so they would sign her up and then try and push her into going to the appointment and she wouldn't show. And that happened like three or four times before she finally said, okay, I'm going to go get it. So, you know, three or four doses meant for her weren't used on her. Does, does this at some point become like irrelevant? Will, will there come a time where when eligibility is opened up to everyone, there are just, at what point does this become unnecessary? Well, and that's a great question because it, it, in one way we look at like what you mentioned with President Biden saying May 1st, everybody will be able to, and even Governor Cox saying April, you know, everybody in the state will be able to. Um, there's, I think, a certain expectation that so many people will sign up for the vaccine that there's still going to be a lot of people in line, and it could take some time before somebody who otherwise would be able to get the vaccine can actually get to it. So I think there will still be demand even after that kind of anybody can sign up becomes available. And, you know, I, I guess as, as I think about it now, opening the availability of the vaccine to an even larger group of people might make a service like this you know, even more valuable. Right. If there are more people signing up, uh, that broadens the pool of folks who could potentially cancel or, you know, have had duplicate uh, a- a- appointments made, which let me just say, if you're listening and you're thinking about getting strategic about your appointments, just book one, okay? Because you <laughs> you steer the rest of us into some trouble here and you, and you hurt our efforts towards herd immunity if you're uh, trying to game the system. So one appointment for one arm, okay? You got that? Thanks a lot. Uh, but, you know, not everyone's going to listen to the Greatly Lonsberry, and we're going to have some that don't show up, 20 to 30 percent. Uh, is this is, any sense of how fast or how quickly or if it's even possible for them to move beyond New York and, what would you say, Arkansas? Yeah, New York and Arkansas. Um, so they didn't give any timeline on that. Um, as I mentioned, though, they have some major players uh, in the industry and across multiple states working for them. So um, they're they're blitzing 
uh, national news outlets to let people know about this. So, yeah. you know, I I would guess uh, based on the, the 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 people who are involved in this that they have a sense that they'll be able to do it fairly quickly. Well, it's an interesting thing. It's a, a you know you, you see a need and uh, the entrepreneurial mind uh, fills that void and I, and you hope that you know that that, that things like this will uh, you know lead to you know eliminating waste. Uh, you don't want a single dose thrown out. Um, anyway, thanks for looking into this. Thanks for uh, the, the information on this. And uh, I'll tell you what, if it becomes available in Utah, that's uh, that's likely an app I'd download. Uh, so, Frank, again, thanks uh, thanks for the insight thanks, on that one. Uh, it it uh, is an interesting thing. We have heard just yesterday evening that President Joe Biden announced that May that May will be when May one will be when at least in terms of the objectives and goals of the Biden administration, available to every single American, every single American, adult American, those who uh, who qualify for, uh, well, by age. You see, the, the vaccines, they're not all approved for all ages quite yet. Uh, and so you, know, you hope that that soon uh, becomes a little more broadly available to the youngsters. But uh, May 1, and we'll see how things go. You heard Frank mention a moment ago that here, in the state of Utah, the the objectives are uh, a little more optimistic than May one. In fact, April one, April one is when uh, Governor Cox looks to make the vaccine available to all Utahns. That's of course going to depend on uh, supply chain stuff and uh, getting the proper number of doses here to the state. But uh, you know, he, he's got some smart folks working on his side, and if they've looked at the trajectory of things going forward, and we're able to uh, get. Enough for all adults, Utahns. That, that's that's pretty good. Uh, speaking of April 1st, we're going to take a break here in just a moment. And when we return, we're going to look at an announcement that has come out of the state of New York. Uh, I'm not sure if you have traveled to New York over the past few months or if loved ones of yours have traveled to New York. But uh, right now, and it's been the case for some time, if you travel to New York, uh, before you go out and about and see a show and enjoy, uh, you know, the different sites, you got to quarantine for two weeks. Yeah, you, you got to hunker down and hole up for two weeks. We never had anything like that here in the state of Utah, but, you know, things are different. And the governor, Governor Cuomo, you've heard that name recently, <laughs> I'm sure, uh, says that come April 1, no more quarantine. Interestingly, what does the mayor of New York City have to say about that? Not too happy. We'll share those comments next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.